I always say that my my color palette's like a mood ring. Oh, <laughs> do you remember those when we were kids? Are you kidding? I had a mood t-shirt. <laughs> you did? I didn't know they had those. <laughs> I need one of those. <laughs> Hi, welcome. This is Joan Collins with Art at Black Mountain. Thanks for joining episode two of Art Unsurfaced where I take you along on my art journey, revealing aspects of the art experience that can't be seen on the canvas. I've invited Michelle Tiami from Houston, Texas to talk about traveling the growth curve, how collecting and creating art over time evolves while life happens. I am so excited to have Michelle here. As I mentioned before, she is an art collector, but she's also a longtime friend and a mom of two and a top executive in a renewable energy company. To give you a better picture of Michelle, I once ordered flowers to celebrate something for her and told the local florist to create a designer's choice. They asked me to describe her. What would she like? I told them, hmm, well, she speaks fluent French, is a wonderful chef, Of course, she collects art and has rich taste. Her colors are red burgundy, plum, purples, with a touch of yummy gold peach, pink, and greens. Her taste is not too traditional, more elegant, artsy, and joyful. So let's get started. But before we do, Michelle, I have to ask, whose art are you looking at right now? Joni, how are you? It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me on this show. Will you know one of my faves will always be Mark Whitney. <clears throat> I know um, you and I both love his work. Oh, I, yes. And then I am following uh, a photographer, Dave Ballum. He's a South African. Ooh. And his work is just, it's black and white. It's so moving to me. And then I'm also following um, a gentleman named Stephen Alexander. He's abstract, but it's real. It's like real linear. And it's something, it's pieces that I don't have in my collection, but I'm really drawn to that linear nature of his work. And it's on my, on my acquisition list. Oh, sounds good. Oh, lucky. They're lucky to be on your list. I know Mark Whitney, he's out of Laguna, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he does beautiful, um, just impressionistic, more or less of floral arrangements and messed up beds and the sea. Yes. I love his stuff. Yeah. The other two I don't know about. Is there anyone else that's just kind of like that's out there on the horizon that you'd like to get to know more or what are there any particular galleries in Houston that you're drawn to right now or there's um one I discovered recently Barbara Davis she has she's known in Houston for identifying emerging artists mm. um and I there are several artists in her collection that I'm completely blown away with Okay. I can't can't wait to get (laughs) to get more pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to come down and go with you. And just for those listening, you should look these artists up on Instagram. Michelle has this unique knack of identifying emerging artists. And uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have had her 
come to my very first art exhibition. Um, and she's been collecting my art ever since. In fact, some of the earlier work that she has, I kind of cringe <laughs> when I go into her home and it's there. I know I always say that to you, Michelle, but I, I don't think I can convince you to, to take some of those down and, and kind of move them, move them into the closet. No, never, Joni. <laughs> <laughs> I met Michelle when we were working in the energy software industry, now renewable energy. And oh, we watch each other break into the rooms we wanted to be in eventually. Today, hers is a seat at the C-suite table and mine's dipping my paintbrushes deeper into the art world. It's been so wonderful to be part of this journey with Michelle. And Michelle, I thought it would be great if you could give us some insight on what sparked your deep interest in art and how your art collecting has evolved. I think I got inspired um, about art from a really young age. Growing up in Chicago, my parents would take us to the Art Institute. And I remember standing in front of the Marc Chagall, the huge Marc Chagall exhibit, and just being so mesmerized. Um, and I, you know, I don't even know how young I was, maybe nine or 10 the first time I saw it, maybe younger. But I remember, and it was a, just a passion of my parents um, to, that we had art books. My parents um, um, bought art and had art commissioned. And I remember sitting on the couch in the living room, um, pining and planning for, <laughs> for for getting some of my parents' paintings even um, long ago, and now I and now I have them. That's wonderful. And then I think you know, even when I started, well, no, in college, um, when I was in France, when I lived abroad, oh, I remember, I remember going to the Man Ray exhibit at the Tate um, in London, and I had never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And then I remember living in D.C. and buying pieces at the, uh, in, it's Marche Opus, but it's the flea market um, on Wisconsin Avenue. They used to have this fabulous Wisconsin, uh, flea market every Sunday. And I have some pieces that I bought. Um, I could, you know, I barely had two nickels to rub together, <laughs> but I but I, I used discretionary f- budgeting for uh, for art acquisitions even then. <laughs> I remember when we worked together just straight out and you had gone on a business trip down in the Caribbean, I think it was. Oh, yes, and yes. You bought some beautiful art. And that was kind of when I was just getting to know you. And I remember coming into your house and you showing me a lot of your art. And then just, I mean, you had just recently acquired those, I think, was it two or three? Two, two pieces? No, it was six. I remember. Oh, six. Yeah. <laughs> I had forgotten about him from Curacao. Yeah. Uh, that was it. Curacao. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, I was jealous that you got that business trip and I didn't, <laughs> but also I was, <laughs> I was really intrigued by the art that you purchased. Very vibrant. I would say that's a trend in your art collecting color. Totally. Um, it yes. seems like color is, is a really big inspiration for you and something that draws you to art. But then, you know, some you have these beautiful black and whites as well. So um, drama. Here's where Michelle and I talk about traveling, 
local influences and how she suddenly realized, yeah, I'm an art collector. I think it's fascinating to hear what draws people into their art passion, whether it's creating or collecting or just enjoying. Um, you know, we, we all have something that has sparked that interest. And I just, I just find it to be really, really great to ask people and just so appreciate Michelle sharing. And Michelle, I think we have such similar stories about our early influences. Before I was 16, I saw the Guggenheim when my dad took us on a business trip he had in New York City. I was in awe. Even the toilet art installation intrigued me. Of course, now there'd probably be a banana hanging on the wall with some tape. <laughs> but since every business and personal trip I've taken over the years, I've made a stop at a local museum or a gallery. I've even pulled some of my clients into some of those trip on trips. I think it's a lot more memorable than golfing or a dinner. Um, and I also love to see the local influences. And I know you do, Michelle, as well. Yeah, and I know, I know you agree. Oh, yeah, I know. I love that. And, you know, now that I'm remembering, um, I also took a art class when I was abroad. And every week we visit, we studied different periods. Ooh. And then we would do museum tours with him. Um, and he would walk us through pieces that he liked and what he was seeing. So you really felt like you were getting his eye. And maybe that was, that was the beginning of my starting to establish an eye for art. Mm -hmm. And when do you feel like you turn the corner and suddenly you kind of had this art collection and you, you wanted to really kind of, you know, make this something that was serious for yourself? Well, it's so funny because, um, like you, like we said, I've been collecting for years and some are a dollar and some are more. Yeah. And I think only recently, maybe within the last year, did I start saying I'm an art collector. I, mm -hmm. I counted the number of pieces and I, I <laughs> and the fact that I have to rotate them because I don't have enough wall space. Mm -hmm. I, I started owning it. I'm like, no, yeah. I am. I'm a collector. And yes. I'm proud to say that I'm a collector. And it's, That's great. Yeah. Well, I know I've, I've noticed just in our friendship that, you know, you've gotten several books, you belong to a few groups on art collecting and, you know, you're, you're really, I feel like you've kind of advanced, you know, from kind of more I don't want to say hobby collector, but I feel like, you know, you've really like, this is like getting serious now for you. We had no idea that a pandemic would be part of the curve. You know, one of the things with COVID was being an artist, trying to figure out how people were still buying art, spending all this time in their homes. And you know that they're looking and thinking, oh, I could really do this. And you couldn't do in-person selling. So being able to come to you and say, hey, how are you finding artists? And you saying, oh, Instagram. You know, I mean, I think that was a big channel for you to find artists that influenced me. Well, you know, before art, art acquisition was like just emotional, right? Like I would see a piece, it would speak to me and then I would get it. Um, but you're right with COVID, then it was more, it became more systematic mm -hmm. um, where I would 
start researching galleries and then artists and then <laughs> one artist would then come into another artist and I really try to support the Houston um, artists, mm -hmm. especially they suffered so much after Harvey and right. then with COVID. So I, you know, we have some great galleries, but then even like Sawyer Yards and all of the artists who have survived, really starting to follow them more and and try to be as supportive as possible for the arts community locally. That's wonderful. I mean, that's a true gift, really. And I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there that are really starting to do that. And I wondered, you know, one of the things I keep hearing from the art community is this need to kind of get to know an artist before you buy from them. So like, you know, them reaching out through the social platforms, as well as things like newsletters and, and whatever, like you might not buy instantly, but just getting to know the artist is really an important piece of the art buying experience. Do you oh, agree? I totally, I could not agree more. Wow. Okay. I have to have a connection right? Like I have to have a connection. And so learning their story or watching their YouTube videos or even watching them paint. I love mm -hmm. how you're now inviting people into your studio because then you feel like you're with them. And so it's replicating that in-person experience in our current rea reality. Yeah. That's so interesting. I just, I mean, because it's, it's funny from my perspective, I think, well, why would they want to, you know, like, oh, totally. but I, I get it like hearing from other people. I have, uh, there's a couple that has collected from me for quite a while. And I think I've shared the story, but they always like me to come when they're hanging their art, the art that they buy from me. Oh, fun. And so they invite me in and I visit with their doggies and their kitties. And, and then we have this kind of art hanging experience and it's really important to them that I'm part of that process, you know, and when that first started to happen, it was a little awkward for me because I couldn't believe like, why would they want to, you know, the more I'm engaging and the more people that are buying my art and the more I'm understanding the art world a little bit more, I don't think it's the, anymore the time that you can be an artist that, you know, it used to be artists could be very kind of behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that has changed a lot, don't you? Well, I think I consider myself still learning. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe I put artists more on a pedestal in a way. And so I want to be respectful of their work and their effort and making sure that I'm respecting the integrity of their piece. And so I could totally see inviting them in and making sure that something is hanging with their vision. Absolutely. That makes sense. That is such a great experience. I didn't know that. And then there are the important people in our art world, other than those who create and buy the art, our art framers and our art hangers. Well, didn't you tell me that like you've really adopted a great relationship with an art hanger locally that comes in oh and every, God. you know, I love my art hanger. Well, tell us more. We have to hear. I mean, this is so funny. I, I love this. I, I have a system where if I am 
find new pieces or if I want to rotate, then I get kind of a good chunk and have them come in and they'll spend an hour, hour and a half. And, and they, they have an eye themselves for it. So they, they're part of the creative process. But then also I tease them and say, I love you because you do exactly what I say. <laughs> but yeah, there it's, I love my art hangers because they just, they bring everything to life when they're hanging the, the different gallery walls or um, making new pieces pop on my wall. Oh, I, that's awesome. I mean, I feel the same way about my framer. I think you <laughs> yeah. and I have even talked about that, you know, I mean, he's just become such an integral part of my process. And I feel like if I lost my framer, I, I would, it would be like losing a limb because it's just such, I mean, how you present your art is half of the equation, you know, whether the framing or the hanging, it's only as, I mean, it's such a long journey from the time an artist gets a canvas to the time it hangs on somebody's wall. There's just so many different steps. So the fact that you take care in the hanging, to me, it just shows me how much your art means to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Some people have art that they still have propped up against the wall and they've paid thousands of dollars for it. It was really just truly about the acquisition and not the experience of enjoying the piece of art. So the ultimate question is, is art there to reveal ourselves? Do you feel like collecting art reveals yourself in some way? I think that I'm so particularly in my younger, the, the younger me early in my career, I was so buttoned up and so worried about how I would be perceived. And I think the art was my creative outlet to kind of just show maybe the whole me, not just the part of me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I, I'm continually drawn to it because I love being able to share all of me. And some people don't even know that I'm sharing. Like if they come into my room, they come into my house to pick up a, a, a kid. They don't even know like that it's an expression of who I am. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's then like I've a also, quiet expression. A quiet expression, yeah. And then I think also so many times art has, has healed mm. for me or, or motivated me or inspired me. I have a piece of yours that is called Limitless. And I acquired it when I first became a vice president for the first time. And I had stretched and the picture was, the painting was just, it really kind of embodied what I felt and, and how I, I wanted to, consider myself limitless mm -hmm. and now it hangs in my bedroom and every morning it's kind of like my mantra like I am limitless and your art kind of in I feel like your your art is sending that message through me of limitlessness and it, so it's like a beautiful beautiful way to wake up every morning Joni <laughs> That's just, that gives me goosebumps. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's always really neat to know how your art impacts people, but you are limitless. 
You're so sweet. Oh, you didn't need a painting to tell you that, but it's really nice that it is a touchstone for you. Yeah. Do, well, do you remember the, <laughs> the last time? Oh no, when the last time I made a big acquisition of yours and we and I bought all those pieces and we you bought the whole collection and we we put it I had all really in jumped the, the tracks in my style <laughs> and I was like there's nothing left. <laughs> I interrupted you though. No, I just I laughed so hard. I still have a picture. I have a picture of us with the back of the car loaded, loaded, rim absolutely with loaded. Oh yeah, that gosh. was so fun. That was so fun. We did have a good time with that. Well, I was thinking we we also enjoy looking at art a lot together. And um, I think it was just a couple of years ago, you came to Phoenix and we did kind of a weekend palooza. That was the Anza. best, best, best. That was really fun. We went to the Phoenix Art Museum um, we went into Scottsdale and, and stopped in a few um, art galleries like Art One and the Xanadu. And, and we, we went to Cattle Track, track remember? Then we went to Cattle Track, and that was really, you really enjoyed that. I yeah. did as well. So, for those of, of the folks listening, you know, Cattle Track is kind of where there are a lot of working artists in Scottsdale, and then they supply their work out into a lot of the hotel industry. and local venues and, and galleries. So it's, it's kind of, you get to see them kind of in the works. I think when we drove in, we were kind of like, are we in the right place? Because it looked like an old Western kind of goes down. And now we're going to plan all of our trips like that, where we yes. parachute in and then do, do art and food for a weekend. Yes, absolutely. And then there was the time I was on a business trip in Houston and we went to see the Rothko retrospective. That was so amazing. Yes. I mean, you, you talked earlier about how art heals. I mean, I always kind of felt like that was a pivotal show for, for you, especially. Yeah. I was, I was not in a great place in my life at the time. And I think I had just lost my dad and there were a couple other things going on personally and there was something well first of all I remember you came and (laughs) you were determined to get me out of my out of my funk Um, and then we went to the exhibit and there was something about the Rothko pieces with those colors Mm. and the way they eyes Mm-hmm. And the way that, like, it was almost like it took your breath away. You would come around a corner and it would just, you would just feel it. I and I, yeah, I remember it, it definitely was a healing moment for me. And I remember what I, I, I saw you, I came around the corner and I saw you and you just turned, you were very pensive looking at this one piece and you just turned around and you looked at me and you just said, break through. And, that's and it was going. like, you didn't say anything else. And I didn't say anything else. I just thought, okay, it worked. Like she's, <laughs> that's it. Like we're, we're okay. Like this. <laughs> and it was very healing for me too. I mean, those, those paintings, this, just the sheer scale and to see the retrospective and how he painted and basically grays and blacks at the end yeah. They're so grounding. I feel like they just make you kind of feel like what's all the fuss about? 
Right. Can, yeah. Just live. Well, and it's like the simplicity, but the, yeah, it's like the simplicity, but the, the depth of it, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you, it kind of is a nice analogy for life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's poignant. I feel like his work is very poignant in a way, mm -hmm. you know, with just the use of shades of color, you know, hues of color, it just, they're just fantastic. I mean, if it, it's one thing to look at them on a card or in a book, but to be in front of them, the same as like sitting in front of the water lily panels and, you know, the say just. Joni, if I keep on collecting, maybe I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to make a museum too. <laughs> yes. Oh no, I have no doubt. There we can have the Joan Collins wing. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I know there, it will be in your stead. It will have your name attached to the collection for sure. No, I'm serious. I have no doubt about that. Nothing like, you, you know, like you said, limitless. Limitless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that you told me during the pandemic, you actually hosted a lot of your business calls with artwork in the background. Yes. It was so fun. I, I would switch, I would switch positions so that people could see different paintings. <laughs> <laughs> so they would um yeah I I guess it was taking walls down right and and getting a little intimate with yeah. your colleagues and your um business partners and clients other than them seeing art in your office they may not have realized kind of what to what an extent that you collected and and enjoyed our work so do you true, feel like yeah. that inspired or would that be something that you might and still, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not true with younger generations now when people are in the work world, maybe they don't hide themselves as much. But would you encourage young men and women who are in the in the business world to show more of those sides? And well, I'm actually I think I'm more inspired from them because they seem to be much more comfortable showing, like I said in the beginning, right? I was so buttoned up. Um, they seem to be much more comfortable um, letting it hang out a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, here, you know, talk about authenticity, right? Like, yeah. Now, now they, I as a leader, I'm definitely letting things hang out more. Like, I pride myself that I'm a little bit of a goofball and that they, they see the goofball side, they see the art, they see the buttoned up. So they really kind of, mm -hmm. they, they've gotten to know me better. Mm -hmm. And I think it inspires people because they see sides of you that you don't, that you don't know. People, yeah. Now, when I say I'm a collector, um, then it sparks a whole different kind of conversation that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had otherwise. And people may share with you the art that they're interested in, right? So true. Yeah. yeah. Or their interest. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is. I really do think it's a reflection of, of someone when you see their art. Yeah. You really do see them. So true. Yeah. yeah. So what's next on the, on the Michelle journey when it, when it comes to life art Anything uh, come to mind? Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting time of life for me. My 
My youngest is a year, as you know, Maya is a year away from college. And I'm leaving a job and starting a new one. And Ryan is, he just switched majors and he's going from finance into data analytics. So it feels like this, this close open, close open um, period. And it's, it's really exciting. And, and I keep on, I keep on looking at other pieces. I'm, that I, I'm trying to push my comfort zone a little mm -hmm. bit on my art collection. So there's, um, you know, a lot of people who expressed like what COVID meant to them. Mm -hmm. And it's like wild, wild pieces or angry pieces. Same thing for um, some of the Black Lives Matter. I was gonna say a lot of the social. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm with these openings and closings and all of the, the issues that are going on to society, I'm I'm finding that I'm buying or I'm attracted to more um, more emotional pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I feel that I I have um, purchased a couple of pretty edgy pieces. Yeah, and it was just because I mean it's your mood, you know. I, it's like meet the moment, and you want to somehow have that in your. I don't know, in, in, to, to mark the moment. Totally. Well, and it's like you were saying, like, it's real and it makes you feel and it makes you think. And if, if nothing of this COVID lockdown has done for us, that's it. Well, again, thank you so much. This has been so much fun as always, but it's really, really cool that we got to uh, have people listen in on what we would normally just call a normal conversation, although we've been somewhat formal, but anyway, thank you. We need to do this again and again and again.